Patriot Trading News Hour. I am the solo host today, Jason. Uh, Joe has taken a couple of days off. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I know he's going to West Virginia, and, uh, and I know some of the story. I'd, I got a call late yesterday, and I know it's been a bumpy ride to get over there. I, I don't know exactly where he is or how far he's gotten because I know his flight got canceled yesterday. Uh, so he had called me uh, in the middle of uh, my afternoon show, Faking the Truth, and uh, he was trying to get some information to me at last minute. <laughs> so so I, uh, I tried to call him this morning just to see if I needed to know anything else. He didn't answer his phone, which I think means to me that he's well on his way for his trip. So that's uh, that's good for Joe. Uh, and so that leaves me here to uh, to run the ship uh, for the Patriot Trade News Hour. Uh, and uh, oh, I got a got a I got a, a video I'm going to play. Uh, it's a guy that I I I uh, I'll watch on, uh, on on some uh, social media, some YouTube videos, and things of that nature. I don't usually play his stuff because it's an Asian guy. Uh, he's got a little bit of an accent and he moves fast. So what I'll what I'll do during the clip is I will slow it down. I'll try to pause and try, kind of translate as he's moving. But uh, it covers a lot. It covers a lot about what's going to happen, what's going to happen. It's uh, Michael Burry. Uh, he's, he's reacting to some of the things Michael Burry said. He's uh, talking about China and Taiwan. He's talking about the bullwhip effect. He's going to talk about uh, corruption from our uh, from the Federal Reserve outright lying about what they say they're doing and what they're actually doing, uh, the lying from our politicians and how they're going to enrich themselves uh, through the, you know, well, they know, they know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. So it's uh, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite it'll, it'll go through a few segments. It's going to be pretty good. Uh, so I'm going to start early. I haven't talked to the girls in Arizona, but uh, with prices staying pretty stable, I got gold essentially the exact same price as what it ended yesterday. Uh, silver sort of doing the same thing. I, I have yesterday's special, and uh, if any of the girls are surprised, and they're probably listening, so I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But we had uh, twenty dollars uh, liberties for twenty one fifty yesterday, and because uh, uh, prices didn't go up, prices didn't go down. I'm going to hold that special. If you want to get uh, essentially an ounce of old pre thirty three gold today with Patriot Trading Group, you just got to call eight hundred. Nine five one zero five nine two. That number again is eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Ask the girls if there's any of the ten thousand gold pieces available. I didn't get that call in. I think we still have some of those available. I'll keep that price also at two hundred forty-five bucks uh, by tomorrow. I do not guarantee that we will have these items available at these prices. So you got one more day, and on what we started yesterday on Wednesday. So. Give us a call. Get yourself some gold, you know, and uh, and uh, you know that's what we do here. And you, and you really, if you haven't gotten in, give us a call. Ask us some questions, uh, especially if you need to talk to Joe when he gets back, or you need to get uh, get a hold of me. The, the girls in Arizona can can answer a lot of questions. And uh, if you're somebody that's been in and you're coming in a little bit at a time, this is a good time to get in a little bit because things are going to change. And when they change, it could happen very quickly. So, and uh, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing, uh, uh, I'm not in Arizona, and Joe and I will talk a little bit about how Arizona traffic is different than Colorado traffic, and uh, fortunately, I've moved closer to the studios here in Colorado at KHNC, so my drive isn't particularly all that difficult, uh, and we're still in, we're, we're in the throes of construction season, which seems to never end, but man, sometimes the traffic, <laughs> traffic can... I'm sure some of you guys are driving right now as I'm speaking, and uh, 
had a couple of hosts talking about uh, yesterday on uh, KHC, talking about how the traffic just seems to be getting uh, worse. The 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 people, you know, I think it was Gene Koontz on uh, Half Empty Cup of Joe, was talking about how people seems to be a little more irritated, little little less patient, and. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I used to be one of those impatient guys. I've slowly, with, with I guess with maturity, I guess I've become more of the patient driver. I used to drive 60,000 miles a year, most of them in towns like North Glen or Fort Collins or Greeley or wherever I was serving papers. Because before I joined up with Joe here at uh, Patriot Training Group, I uh, was a full-time process server. And my job, uh, and, I, and I started in 2010. Believe it or not, that's, that's when I started serving papers. There was a quite the need for more process servers in 2010 as people couldn't pay their mortgages, they couldn't pay their credit card bills, they couldn't pay their student loans. And I would grab about 50 to 100 papers, you call them papers, you know, you have a copy for yourself and the company that you're serving for, and then there's the copy that you hand to the, I guess, the customer, you know, uh, the defendant. Uh, you work for the plaintiff and you, you hand them to the defendant. And in 2010, man, there was I mean, there was a lot of work. I was you know I started into a new job that I'd never done before, and I, I, I uh, did well with it because I wasn't very fearful. If you're if you're afraid of confrontation and what people are going to say and bad things are going to say to you and the names they call you and they sick their dogs on you and, and then they uh, they bring a firearm to the door sometimes just to show you they have it on their hip, you know, to threaten you or people hiding in their houses. And you have to go to their house 16 times. You got to catch them go into their car one day and. Uh, if you're if you're not into stuff like that, then you probably don't want to be a process server. But I I, I was I, I think I had I had a pretty stiff uh, you know, attitude. I I, I I didn't get easily uh, you know uh, call, calling me names and threatening me it doesn't really work too well with me. So I, I was I was able to keep my cool under those situations because you can't react to it. You can't you can't do it. Say mean things and do things back. And so. Uh, you know, with with that experience, bringing the, in here into the radio station, uh, not as bad as a situation. I don't have people pointing their firearms at me, and I don't have people sicking their dogs. I, you know, I had a dog bite me seven times once, broke skin on every bite. You know, I had to learn how to deal with the dogs early on because when I was a pizza driver, people loved when you showed up. I had to turn that uh, into a process server. Everybody hates when you show up, so. Well, you get to the radio station, and there's a, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting situation. And, and uh, my driving, since I only drive 9,000 miles a year, uh, my patience, uh, it's, it's good. I, I could get to the radio station without uh, without road raging on anybody. You know, the old days, a little tougher, tougher situation. But stick with me. We get back. We got some stuff to, to cover. All right, welcome back to Patriot Trading News Hour. Remember, 245 bucks for a 10,000 gold piece. And uh, twenty-one fifty for a twenty-dollar gold Liberty pre-33 gold. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Joe is out for a uh, couple of days to go see some family, and so uh, you got me for today and tomorrow. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right into this video here. It's gonna take a couple of segments. And I'm gonna try to uh, do a play-by-play. The guy talks pretty fast. Uh, he's Asian, so there's a little bit of an accent. Uh, normally, I just take what he says and I try to. If there's anything I can use on the show, I bring it to the show. But sometimes there's just so much information; it's hard for me to sit down and and try to cover everything. So I'm, we're gonna we're gonna follow this along. And uh, yeah, man, you really want to? You know, I don't think that everything that Michael Burry is talking about and what this gentleman is uh, so, sort of he's he's doing play by play himself. 
I don't think this to all be true and exactly on the nose, but, man, there's a lot of stuff here to consider. A lot of stuff you've heard Joe and myself talk about. Sometimes it's just good to hear somebody else saying it. I got a, a similar kind of thing I got planned for tomorrow's show, uh, talking about the IRS. Uh, and Joe's been, and we've been talking about the IRS, but that'll, that'll be for tomorrow. This is called Michael Burry Just Exposed the Government for Fraud. And uh, that's not like an earth-shattering uh, statement for, for someone like me, uh, but uh, for some people, when you, when you hear the, the things that are in this video, it's, uh, it's just a reminder why uh, we, you, you have to solidify your home financially and otherwise be prepared for things that can go crazy because it's, it's, it's kind of it's right there in your face. If you don't do it, somebody else will do it for you. And, and for a lot of people that like the government and like the government to hand them free money, uh, those people uh, have much less freedom than the people that listen to the Patriot Training News Hour and Let's uh, let's get into this. It starts with a little Nancy Pelosi, and we're gonna we're gonna protect Taiwan. Let's uh, let's get a, a good lesson here. We will not allow China to isolate Taiwan. Michael Burry just exposed the U.S. government for the worst scandal of all time. We're talking about World War Three insider trading, government manipulation, and a multi-year inflationary crisis. People thought Burry went insane when he predicted the 2008 housing bubble. But the housing recession is like a baby compared to the monster that Burry sees right now. He's either the smartest man in the room or the most delusional fund manager. The Federal Reserve is lying. They were supposed to pull back tens of billions of dollars out of the economy starting on June 1st, 2022 but they didn't do so. That might sound like a bold claim to make, but it's backed by unrefutable evidence. The Federal Reserve has to disclose all of its assets by law, which can be found on the New York Fed website. Starting on June 1st, the Fed claims that they were going to sell $47.5 billion worth of securities per month. This selling includes $30 billion worth of treasury bonds and $17.5 billion of mortgage-backed securities. Michael Burry looked through the Fed's website and noticed that they were not selling the amounts that they claimed to be doing. Burry tweeted, Drugs are hard to kick. Fed was supposed to sell 30 billion of treasuries and 17.5 billion of mortgage-backed securities per month starting June 1st. Quantitative tightening. During June, mortgage-backed securities holdings rose almost $3 billion. Treasury holdings fell less than $10 billion. So instead of selling $30 billion of treasury bonds or treasuries in June, the Fed only sold less than $10 billion of treasuries. And instead of selling $17.5 billion of mortgage-backed securities, or MBS in short form, the Fed actually bought $3 billion worth of MBS. So in case you're having trouble following, the Fed has a, a, a planned unwinding of their assets. They own more than $9 trillion in assets on their sheet. I, I don't believe, just like the, the national debt is over is at around $31 trillion, it's, it's impossible for that debt to go down where we're at. And so the Fed is sort of uh, kind of hiding another nine trillion, kind of on their books. It's 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 essentially our national debt. You know, the Fed isn't gonna isn't gonna pay for this. We'll end up paying for it. But as they're supposed to be unwinding and, and, and tightening, you know, their policy and becoming more responsible, they, they there's a certain amount they're supposed to sell. And and in, in the in June, because we have June and we have July numbers, we'll be looking at August numbers here pretty soon. They're not doing. I talked to I asked Joe this question uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was like, "Are they really getting rid of this stuff at all?" 
so I looked it up, and, and uh, in a way, they, they sold some treasuries, but not the 30, 30 billion in, in, that they're supposed to have sold in June. They only sold about you know, less than 10, and they actually bought more mortgage-backed securities, which that doesn't make me think that the housing market is very steady. So let's, let's continue. The Fed is deceiving everyone right in front of their faces. I'm currently recording this video in August, so let's see if the Fed followed their plan in July 2022. On July 6th, the Fed's holdings totaled at $8.364 trillion. On August 3rd, the Fed's holdings were worth $8.344 trillion. That's a $20 billion decrease, which is not the $47.5 billion decrease that the Fed was promising. I subtracted the two charts to find exactly which securities changed month over month. Treasuries fell by a total of $27 billion instead of the promised decrease of $30 billion. MBS holdings actually increased by over $8 billion instead of the promised decrease of $17.5 billion. This is outright fraud by the Federal Reserve. They're not cutting back at the rate that they promised. In addition to this, the US government is also concealing the fact that the economy is crashing. After the U.S. economy appeared to be entering a recession, the White House changed. So just uh, just a, one more time, he's, he's showing that they're actually buying some assets and uh, not selling the amount they're supposed to with the treasuries. Here we go. Change the definition of a recession. A recession is generally defined as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. The U.S. GDP has declined for two quarters in a row, so we are currently in a recession. The White House does not want you to think that. The White House released a blog on July 21st describing a recession as a decline in the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and incomes. Burry knows this is ridiculous because the... So now he's setting up what we've talked about and Joe and I've talked about for a while, uh, which is uh, we have, we're in a recession, which is two negative growth quarters, which we have for the first and second quarter of 2022. And now the government's like, well, we're redefining what a... Uh, recession is, and it's like, well, you know, obviously, you can you can decide what a recession really kind of looks like or what it should look like, but at some point, uh, uh, just to make people understand uh, in the economy, what what we got to have some sort of indicator to kind of let us know it's a recession. We hit that. We're in a recession. It may not be a colossal, huge, damaging recession compared to other recessions at this point, but it is by definition a recession, and they've just decided they don't want to say that. Uh, I remember about a month ago, I was looking at the Fed um, meeting minutes, and uh, they, they talked about inflation many, many times, how they're going to conquer it. They didn't use the word, the word recession once, and then we, we actually hit the, the actual threshold of recession, and nobody wants to uh, admit to it because it's not they don't want this to happen. The economy, which is tracked by the gross domestic product, is clearly declining. He tweeted that the White House would like you to redefine a recession as one in which consumers are not borrowing on credit cards to pay for inflation, and neither is the labor force inadequate for the size of the economy. GDP out Thursday. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Burry is essentially saying that the White House is purposely deceiving you with the wrong statistics. The White House is claiming that inflation-adjusted income, or real personal income, is an indicator of economic stability. Burry knows this is inaccurate because credit card debt is skyrocketing to pay for increasing prices. The other statistic that the White House pointed to was the unemployment rate, which is still quite low as of now. Michael Burry believes this is once again deceiving because less people are participating in the labor force. People have been leaving the labor force by retiring or simply not looking for jobs. The unemployment rate only counts those who are actively looking for jobs. 
This is seen in the labor force participation rate, which is significantly lower than pre-pandemic levels. The unemployment rate is calculated by taking the number of unemployed people and dividing it by the labor force. Because previously unemployed people are leaving the labor force, the unemployment rate is being artificially lowered. This is because subtracting a constant number on the numerator and denominator leads to a lower outcome. If we take the fraction 3 fifths and subtract 2 in the numerator and denominator, the percentage goes from 60% to 33%. This phenomenon is artificially lowering the unemployment rate, thus causing the economy to appear to be strong when it actually isn't. So once again, talking more about rigging the numbers to show a rosier outlook than it is, and, and it keeps the people uh, more in tune with the market, the brokers, and, and, you know, and the, the sellers, and the buyers, and the corporations. It, it, it keeps them in, uh, I guess, more of a happy situation. Because here's the thing. When these big, huge, monolithic corporations start to fear, that's when you start to see the craziness. I mean, right now, small uh, for, for over a year and a half, the small cap and the medium cap stocks have been crushed and demolished. If, if the large corporations were having the, the pain and suffering of the small cap and the medium cap stocks, We'd already be in the middle of one of the, the worst stock, you know, crashes in, in uh, U.S. history because there'd be so much panic. So it's all about keeping the biggest players happy. So what what all the money is doing is kind of funneling upward into the bigger, you know, so-called uh, blue chip stocks and, and trying to keep this thing just barely, you know, the ship barely floating. You know, they're it's a sinking ship, and they're they're, they're you know they're, they're, there's just enough buckets of water t- taken out of the ship so it's not sinking yet. So uh, that you're rigging the numbers, you know, hey, just just because the biggest corporations are doing, I guess, sort of okay, they're, they're absorbing the business from the smaller businesses, doesn't mean that the economy is, is going to keep on floating. The White House is either too stupid to know this or is purposely issuing propaganda. The government's actions have propped up the sentiment in the short term. Ever since the Fed announced that they would be raising interest rates and starting quantitative tightening, the market sentiment tanked. But recently, people have started to become bullish once again. Burry believes that such silly behavior indicates that the crisis is far from over. The fact that people have become bullish indicates that we're simply in a dead cat bounce. Burry tweeted that the silliness is back. After 1929, after 1968, after 2000, after 2008, the strain of silliness that transformed the bulls in the bubbles completely and utterly disappeared. But that familiar COVID-era silliness is not dead yet. Like 2001 before Enron, before, he's saying before 9/11. I guess for some reason his video must have got uh, flagged for just mentioning that 9/11 was anything more than a terrorist attack. Or WorldCom. While the economy is still on a decline, speculative investors are engaging in what Burry calls silliness. And let me just uh, uh, go because he doesn't cover it in the video quite quite the way I see it. Uh, and, and Michael Burry has covered this in some of his tweets. I don't know why he didn't put it in this video, but. Uh, in all, all these market crashes he's talking about from the, uh, the 1929 stock market crash and uh, any recession that came in the 1930s, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the 1960s and 70s problems, the, the 2001 crash, the 2008, all these crashes, there were many, 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 what the, I guess you would call a, a bear market, you know, uh, upswing in, in, in the, uh, the stock prices, meaning as, as things are crashing, suddenly – the markets would go up very quickly, but then they would continue to crash down further. That, that's where we're at, really, in a lot of ways. It went down, the markets went down, then it's kind of come back. It's going to go down, 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 and you may see some of these these these, these little upticks for a little while as it's going down, because a market crash isn't just something that happens overnight in one day. 
Uh, it happens a lot of times over months or even years. Uh, this one could be a type of crash that could take many years because the inflation makes these, this crash much different than the ones that you know people may have uh, remember from 1987 to 2001, 2008. It's, it's, this is a little different because this is inflation, and so there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a, a lot of overreaction and underreaction, which the gentleman in the video is going to be talking about. So. Uh, I, th I think if I got the number right, the average, the average uh, uh, dead cap balance, as the guy was saying, that's happened in, during these market crashes is 23%. Meaning you, you have sometimes where the market goes down 50%, and then suddenly it goes up 25%. Then it goes back down another 10%. It goes up another 3%. It, it bounces around as it goes down. And some of these, these upward ticks in the middle of the crash can be very big, and it makes people think everything's okay. And he's going to talk a little bit. We get back to the break. He's going to talk a little bit about uh, gambler, gambler's uh, sort of intuition about, well, if things go bad, 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 eventually, you know, the coin flip's going to go your way. So we'll, we'll, we'll be hitting that on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Patriot Trading News Hour coming back. All right, welcome back. Patriot Trading News Hour. Call us 800-951-0592. We are selling $20 liberties for twenty one fifty. Ten thousand gold pieces for two forty-five. Once again, give us a call. Buy gold. It is your financial way to protect your savings. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I'm going to jump right back into the video because there's a lot of ground to cover still. Magic Empire Global, a Hong Kong financial service company, recently went public on a stock exchange and soared by over twenty-four times. This is representative of the same speculative behavior that occurred in nineteen ninety-nine as well as twenty twenty-one. Burry tweeted that gamblers gamble more the more they lose. Hashtag silliness. Burry is referring to the Monte Carlo fallacy, which is also known as the gambler's fallacy. The Monte Carlo fallacy is the belief that previous losses indicate a higher chance for future gains. For instance, let's say someone bet on a coin toss being tails. In this example, the first three coin tosses came out as heads. This situation would typically cause the gambler to think that there's a higher chance of the next coin toss being tails. Unbeknownst to the gambler, past events are independent of future ones, and the coin toss still has a 50% chance of being heads. The Monte Carlo fallacy is an incorrect but common belief that past failures will indicate a higher chance of future success. Because gamblers lost huge sums of money in 2021, many are likely to fall for the Monte Carlo fallacy. We're seeing this come into play with stocks like Magic Empire Global, Recent data backs this up as well. I searched up short squeeze on Google Trends and found a slow but steady increase in search volume over the last 90 days. This type of behavior is similar to the dot-com bubble's dead cat bounce in the early 2000s. Burry questioned, Nasdaq a bull market because it is up 20% off its low? Who makes this stuff up? After 2000, the Nasdaq did that 7 times as it fell 78% to its 2002 low. Burry also mapped out the S&P's performance in 2001 and 2022 and found a similar rebound in price. The S&P fell by 12% in 2001, before rebounding by 9%. Similar to 2001, the S&P is following a similar price pattern in 2022. Such a rebound is unreasonable because the underlying economy is shrinking and will continue to do so. And let me, let me uh, kind of add a little bit to that. Um, let's just say you have... Uh, one. One of the indices. Let's just let's just go with. It doesn't really matter. Dow doesn't matter. Let's just say that the the, the point total is ten thousand. If you have a fifty percent drop in the market, it goes down to five thousand. Okay, fifty percent. But if it goes up 
50%. Hey, it went down 50%, down, down to 5,000, but now we've seen a surge in stocks. It's up 50%. Well, 50% of 5,000 is 2,500. It only goes back up to 7,500. You're still down 25%, and, and after that little dead cat bounce, it starts going down from 7,500. It goes down another 50%. You're at 3,750. Even if it goes up 50% from there, or even 75%, you're, you're, you are crashing. And when it balances upwards by 20%, 30% or so, you're still way, way below where you started. It is a downward motion. So he's saying the the Wall Street gamblers that make their money uh, you know, betting on stocks, well, they, uh, they're going to keep on trying to, to, to hey, it's going to go up sometime. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go up sometime. They're not seeing the overall picture of the rigged system with the Federal Reserve and the federal government. And how, uh, let's just take uh, Japan, for instance. Japan's government pretty much owns the entire stock market now. They just print and print and print yen, and they don't even have the world reserve currency. So the, Japan is so over-leveraged that uh, they're going to suffer mightily the next time this thing crashes, which is happening now. The yen is being devalued in a way that it's, it's, it's going to be worth less than the peso, it looks like. So uh, let's, let's, let's continue on. If you watched my previous videos, you would know that inventories are building up because of the bullwhip effect. The bullwhip effect is a phenomenon where every step of the supply chain orders extra supply, causing the total supply to be much more than anticipated. Because companies will have to lower prices from the bullwhip effect, they will soon experience significantly lower earnings. And this is going to be part 2 of the 2022 market crash, Earnings Compression. Part 1 was when valuations came back down to reality through multiple compression. This includes multiples like the price to earnings ratio, the price to sales ratio, and the EV to EBITDA ratio. Burry explained how adjusted for inflation, 2022 first half S&P 500 down 25 to 26%, and Nasdaq down 34 to 35%, Bitcoin down 64 to 65%. That was multiple compression. Next up, he's saying that you know, you look at inflation. And look at these numbers, much more severe than where we're at and uh, what they're saying on the television. Earnings compression, so maybe halfway there. Burry's tweets can be confusing at times, and it's not a surprise that this can be used to deceive others. Everyone's worked up about Michael Burry. Yeah. Michael Burry, of the big short fame. The mainstream media frequently tries to complicate Burry's thesis to fit their narrative. Michael Burry called out Business Insider for misinterpreting his thesis into three parts. One paragraph in the article made it seem like Burry was bullish when he actually wasn't. The paragraph stated that many investors have been dumping stocks, cryptocurrencies, and other assets in anticipation of further rate hikes and a tighter money supply. However, Burry seems to expect the inflation threat to recede, and the Fed to loosen its stance and begin cutting rates and ramping up bond purchases again. This paragraph implied that Burry is bullish because he expects inflation to cool down. This completely missed the mark. Burry's deflationary thesis is actually bearish. Not only does the Fed cutting rates create long-term inflation, but prices dropping also means that corporate profits will suffer. Business Insider then completely reversed their stance two paragraphs later by talking about how Burry's thesis is bearish. This is a complete disaster of an article and totally misinterprets Burry's prediction. Burry reacted to the article by saying, You heard it here first, or second, or third. The financial mainstream media is awful. They frequently confuse readers and never expose any blatant manipulation. I'm currently on a mission to create videos like this to clarify what's actually going on. At 1 million subscribers, I'm going to release a video so shocking that people might get arrested. 93% of you aren't subscribed, so what are you waiting for? Thank you for subscribing and let's get back into the video. 
In order to refute the mainstream media, Michael Burry simplified his thesis into two simple parts. He explained how when you see inventory builds, think two things. Just in case supply chain management and inflation. There is nuance in everything, and please don't think anything, including stories on my meaning, is as simple as you want it to be. Burry is saying that when you see increases in inventories, this means that prices are going to drop. The mainstream media will try to overcomplicate the short term while simplifying the long term. Inflation won't just go straight up or straight down. It's going to go up and down in a cyclical fashion, with the long term trend being upwards. One short term indicator that the mainstream media focuses on is earnings reports. We're going to hit that on the other side of this break coming up, but basically he's, he's kind of setting the stage for a bullwhip effect, which is the buying and selling is always too late or too early, and they're buying too much when there's no more, nobody buying, and then not buying enough when people need to buy because the inflation makes people buy too much. Government giving away money. So we're, we're going to see uh, what, I, what I agree with with Michael Burry is a lot of upward and downward movements in markets that generally is going to be moving us in a downward direction over the course of, I think, many months and many years. Inflation is going to be here, and I think it's going to be here for a very long time until they actually get uh, responsible, I guess. Is, is that, is, will the Fed ever get responsible? All right, welcome back. Patriot Trading News Hour. Uh, Joe Free Show today. Uh, Joe's uh, going to see some, I think, his brother in West Virginia, so he's going to be off for a few days. He had, I know he, I know he had had a bumpy road ride to start. I think his flight got canceled, or his first flight, but I didn't know what that meant if he uh, for his first trip. I briefly talked to him yesterday, and so, but uh, hope everything's going good for him because I know he's looking forward to this. So hopefully everything, everything's going good on his end. So uh, that aside, hey, uh, we're going to cover a little more of this video, and one of the things that they they cover briefly is the prices. Now I'll tell you right now, I I really believe, and if you're you're one of those that are very hopeful that Republicans, uh, you vote them in and things will get better. Uh, this is what you'll want to be watching out for because uh, I believe as we get into close to the, the the midterm elections, I think the prices of a lot of things will start to go down in the stores. Especially, I think there's going to be a big hard push for early Christmas shopping. And these Walmarts, these Targets, these stores are all overly filled with stuff. Suddenly, nobody's buying anything and the overproduction of too much stuff means there's a glut, and then the prices will come down just because of supply and demand. But that doesn't mean the inflation's gone. So after the midterms and after 2022 finally uh, goes to bed, finally, uh, you'll see the inflation come back. It'll come back very viciously, and uh, I think the Democrats, at least in, in their situation, are just hoping to get as many seats filled with their guys uh, and I think, hey, the inflation's magically going down right before the election. It's, it's going to be one of the plays they have. To me, I don't really care where it goes. I, I think the whole thing is rigged anyway. I don't, I don't think it really matters who's, who's running our Washington, D.C. federal government. It's, it's always going to be bad for us when we don't have someone representing what the people need. But uh, let, let's, let's listen more to this because there's a lot more, uh, a lot more of this uh, where you need to hear uh, what, what's getting ready to happen. Reports reflect a company's performance over the past quarter. Talk about earnings Recent reports, earnings reports have shown that companies have been doing well so far. However, most companies have been predicting that their future quarters will be a total disaster. Burry explained, These earnings reports and by Jove the whole season have a last hurrah feel. By Jove is referring to the Roman deity Jupiter, which essentially means, oh my god. This basically means that the companies have been shocked by what's coming. The last hurrah is the final victory before complete failure. 
Burry is saying that the recent earnings reports might seem great, but the next ones are going to be awful. The epitome of this is Walmart. Walmart recently lowered their profit outlook for the next quarter and the entire fiscal year of 2023. In response to Walmart's earnings, Burry laughed. He later explained how someone was going on about Christmas in July. Hope you enjoyed it. One of my previous videos covered Burry's Christmas in July prediction, where he was predicting that Walmart and other retail stores would experience substantially lower profits in July and onwards. Lower prices in the short term might sound great for inflation, but there's one variable that's missing, which is the Federal Reserve. Because prices are beginning to drop, the Fed will likely revert back to printing money. The reason why I say this is because human behavior is predictable, and a similar situation happened in the 1970s as well. Because of the bullwhip effect, the stock market crashed in the early 1970s and prices dropped as well. As a result of this, the Fed ended up cutting interest rates to boost the market. This helped stocks rally in the short term, but also led to long-term inflation. Burry tweeted, The New York Times front page a day after the Dow bottom on December 6, 1974 doesn't mention stocks, which were down 45% since the January 1973 peak. Mentioned was the Fed cutting rates to 7.75%, signaling a credit ease. Stocks rallied 53% in 6 months, making a lasting top on that killer mistake. So in reaction to prices dropping, the Federal Reserve will start printing money again, also known as quantitative easing. Unbeknownst to the Fed, their quantitative easing will be too early and cause long-term inflation to settle in. Burry believes that the upcoming inflationary disaster will be worse than any other inflationary period in US history. 2020 is the mother of all bubbles. Burry warned how the last two inflationary periods in the United States, the 1940s-50s and the 1970s, each had three distinct inflationary peaks. 20s, post-flu, World War I nihilism. 40s, post-war spend, baby boom. 70s, bad energy and Fed policy. 2020s, all of the above. The 2020s has almost every inflationary characteristic. Yeah, Michael Burry just basically said uh, three, three different inflationary cycles we had. Uh, essentially in the 20th century, he said that what's coming is going to be all of that happening all at once. So uh, he's going to talk about the possibility of war, which I'm not totally sold on, but we'll, we'll, just, we'll just listen. ...that our previous crises had. We are currently in a post-COVID environment. The Fed printed trillions of dollars and will likely continue to do so. Energy prices are continuing to skyrocket. The U.S. government is clearly setting up the economy for a terrifying situation but that's just scratching the surface. Government leaders have been actively insider trading behind the scenes. Politicians have been using government resources to support companies that they own shares of. The epitome of this is Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. Pelosi has a track record of purchasing stocks before the government boosts them in some shape or form. A recent example of this is Pelosi purchasing semiconductor stocks before the chips bill was passed. Burry tweeted, So Speaker Pelosi made a bundle on semiconductor stocks bought recently because she knew this was coming, should be illegal. Another prime example of this is Joe Biden selling oil to a firm that Hunter Biden was invested in. Burry tweeted, So Biden sold 950,000 strategic petroleum reserve oil barrels to Sinopec, a Chinese oil firm. His son Hunter's private equity firm has a $1.7 billion investment in Sinopec Marketing, a wholly owned subsidiary of Sinopec. And I have to read the Washington Free Beacon to get the story. Burry believes that there should be more eyes on the government's insider trading, and rightfully so. The White House and the Fed's actions are not aligned with the long-term success of the United States. But this is nothing compared to the final nail in the coffin, a world war.
It was unprovoked, but this is what Russian President Vladimir Putin unleashed on Ukraine. Tensions between the West and the East are rising as the Ukraine war continues and China threatens control over Taiwan. We got one more segment. There's only a little bit more. I might be able to fit it in. Stay with us. I'll be right back. 800-951-0592. We have $20 liberties today at $2150, $2150. And we have 10,000 gold pieces for $245. Just give us a call, 800 800- Nine five one zero five nine two. Now I don't believe Michael Burry to be, and he he is not correct about all of his predictions, uh, but he is saying that from what he's seeing through economics and economics controls, he just talked about politicians in Washington using their un- understanding of world events that they are shaping themselves, uh, enriching themselves. So uh, through a guy who does economics, he's saying, hey, geopolitically, this to me this means there's, there's going to be a, a massive conflict i don't i myself i don't believe world war three to be a a full-on hot war but i do believe that there is some sort of fake or some sort of uh contrived con- uh, confrontation my, my most likely suge- uh, prediction would be that a blockade around taiwan where all economics goes through china that would mean that taiwan sort of looks like they're independent but then china also has control over the economics of that island i think that's most likely what's going to happen but let's, uh, let's listen to Michael Burry's prediction here. In preparation for a world war, CEOs in the U.S. are moving manufacturing to the U.S. This activity is being hidden by all sorts of buzzwords, including onshoring, reshoring, and nearshoring. According to a review of earnings call and conference presentations by Bloomberg, references to these buzzwords are up by over 1,000% compared to pre-pandemic periods. Not only that, but manufacturing construction is at an all-time high right now with $94 billion being spent annually on manufacturing construction. A UBS survey of C-Suite executives showed that over 90% of executives either had plans or were in the process of moving production out of China. 80% of these executives cited the U.S. as the main location, with Mexico being the second most popular choice. Burry believes that the underlying reason for this is an incoming world war. The implications of onshoring will be serious, because moving production back to the U.S. takes time, a world war would exacerbate the current supply chain shortage. Burry tweeted, Seems China moves on Taiwan in 2023, as the war in Ukraine spreads into the EU, maybe via Lithuania. Onshoring slash blue-collar shortages plus global supply chain restructuring raise long-term inflation's floor, even as the bullwhip cycles lower to that end. Tensions between the US and China are increasing so much that a world war is likely going to happen. China recently withdrew its promise to not send troops to Taiwan. This essentially threatens a Chinese invasion into Taiwan. The U.S. continues to maintain that it will keep its operations in Taiwan, and this will inevitably lead to an invasion. China recently revealed a white paper that shockingly states that the country will reunify Taiwan with China. The first part of the white paper states that Taiwan is part of China. This is an indisputable fact. The white paper then detailed some history of Taiwan that was supposed to back why Taiwan is part of China. Perhaps the most frightening part of the white paper was Section 3. China's complete reunification is a process that cannot be halted. This is a clear sign that China will take control over Taiwan at all costs, and inevitably cause World War III. So there you have it, Burry's most shocking prediction ever. He believes that the Fed is lying. The White House is deceiving everyone. Politicians are openly insider trading. And most terrifying, World War III is on the brink of occurring. 
This video is part of a series of videos. There you go. There's Michael Burry, man. That, uh, and uh, he's not the end all be all. He's not the Nostradamus of economics and uh, geopolitics. But I, I agree with a lot of his projections of what he's seeing. And this is why I jumped on and uh, joined up with Joe four years ago. Uh, these are the kinds of things that are, are, are always bubbling up to up and. Uh, we're going to live in a world of lords and peasants in the future, and uh, I'm of the opinion I want to be more like a lord than a peasant. I would rather have more control over my destiny as we lose, lose, lose more freedoms and liberties. So keep on listening. We'll, I'll be back tomorrow. i got a little more for you on the uh, Patriot Trading News Hour.